0: what's happening in the world coming up on NTD News. First, our top stories. Ex-White House advisor Peter Navarro arrives for trial. He was a senior advisor during the Trump administration. He's accused of not obeying congressional subpoenas. The George Soros Foundation is worried former President Trump might return to the White House. We bring you why the Soros family doesn't want a so-called MAGA Republican to lead the U.S. Elon Musk threatens to sue the Anti-Defamation League over ex-ad revenue. The tech entrepreneur says the organization impacted billions of dollars. Power is back on in most of Florida as the state recovers from the devastating Hurricane Idalia. Hear the update from Governor Ron DeSantis. Putin and Kim Jong-un may meet in person to discuss an arms deal. Why an analyst calls this a big diplomatic success for Russia and what it could mean for the U.S. Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chris Beers, our top news. Former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro is in court. He's accused of ignoring subpoenas from the January 6th committee.
1: Today, um, I go on trial as a White House adviser being charged with an alleged crime that nobody, nobody in the history of this country has ever been charged with. I am the first senior White House adviser ever to be charged of this crime.
0: Navarro faces two misdemeanor accounts of contempt of Congress after refusing to testify or provide documents to the House January 6th Committee. He has pleaded not guilty to the charges on the grounds of executive privilege. That's a legal doctrine that shields certain White House communications. But a judge ruled that he does does need to go to trial, saying it's unclear if Trump evoked the executive privilege. Each contempt count Navarro faces could carry 30 days to one year in jail, as well as a fine of up to $100,000. Jury selection begins today. It's unclear when opening statements will take place. The Soros Foundation is worried former President Trump might win the 2024 presidential election. Trump would allegedly hurt European unity and progress made in the Ukraine war. Here's the story.
2: George Soros founded the Open Society Foundations, or OSF, which is now led by his 37-year-old son Alex Soros. Amid rumors of the Soros family leaving Europe, Alex Soros published an op-ed for Politico titled No Soros Retreat from Europe. In it, he predicts that former United States President Donald Trump, or at least someone with his isolationist and anti-European policies, will be the Republican nominee. Alex Soros says he's adapting OSF to be able to respond to whatever political scenario emerges after the dust settles from next year's presidential election. Soros fears a Trump or any MAGA-style Republican win in 2024 will, quote, imperil European unity and undermine the progress achieved on so many fronts in response to the war in Ukraine. He didn't elaborate on how a Trump win would endanger European unity or lead to undesirable outcomes in regards to Ukraine. Trump previously told Fox News he would push for a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine.
3: I would tell Zelensky, no more. You got to make a deal. I would tell Putin, If you don't make a deal, we're going to give them a lot. We're going to give them more than they ever got if we have to. I will have the deal done in one day.
2: Early August, a CNN poll found that support for Ukraine has waned. Over 50 percent of Americans say the U.S. has helped enough.
0: NTD reached out to Trump's team over the accusations made by Alex Soros. We did not hear back. And if you thought Trump's legal controversy couldn't get any worse, think again. His opponents are attempting to use the 14th Amendment to bar him from running for office. Let's find out how with Epic Times reporter Janice Heisel. Janice Heisel, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Janice, opponents of uh, former President Trump, including some Republicans, are seeking to bar him from running for office based on the 14th Amendment. Explain their arguments for
4: us. Well, it's kind of an interesting theory that under the 14th Amendment, there's a Section 3 that specifically states that anybody who was involved with an insurrection or rebellion cannot hold public office in the United States of America ever again. And although former President Trump has not been specifically indicted on any charge that says sedition or rebellion or anything like that. There are a number of people who are still trying to say he should be kicked off the ballot based on this amendment.
0: Yes, and we know that no none of the January sixth defendants have been charged on insurrection. What are they saying to back up this this claim of insurrection for Donald Trump?
4: Well, the allegation is just that he was, encouraging the protests that occurred on January 6, 2021, the one that turned violent, of course, unfortunately, at the U.S. Capitol. Um, however, one of the very interesting angles to all of this is that there are some legal scholars, including uh, Han von Spostovsky with the Heritage Foundation. He said that he doesn't think this Article three of the 14th Amendment is even in effect anymore, based on some congressional action in the 1800s. And what else are
0: critics saying about this? We know that uh, Jonathan Turley from the Washington uh, University, he's a law professor there, he calls the attempts to use the 14th Amendment in this way, the desperation of divided times.
4: Yes, um, Jonathan Turley is a very widely quoted, respected scholar. And he is saying, look, this is a fantasy, this is you know, something that leftists tell their children at night as a bedtime story before they go to bed, that they're going to kick President Trump off the ballot with the 14th Amendment. He doesn't think it will work. He doesn't think it's valid. He thinks it has more political appeal than constitutional backing.
0: Now, can you tell us a bit more about the legal debate surrounding whether or not the 14th Amendment can actually be used to bar someone from running for office?
4: That whole debate has a lot to do with, number one, whether it's in effect at all or not. But number two, the fact that President Trump hasn't been convicted or even charged specifically yet. Now, there are some concerns out there that There could be a revised or what they call a superseding indictment issued that would tack that charge on, like they did, for example, in the Florida case. They added some more charges there, the federal uh, prosecutors did. So there's just so much out there that we do not know. A lot of this is uncharted territory involving allegations against a former United States president, just something that we have never seen to this extent.
0: So, you know, it sounds like there's not a a lot written about this particular section of the 14th Amendment. Janice Heisel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. President Biden is unveiling a new campaign ad set to air during the NFL's season opener this week. The ad will tout Biden's economic agenda as it runs in battleground states.
2: Today, inflation is down to 3%, unemployment the lowest in decades. There's more to do, but President Biden is getting results that matter. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. The
0: 30-second spot, titled Got to Work, is meant to highlight his actions on issues like fixing supply chains and reducing utility bills. The economy is a top issue for voters heading into the 2024 election, and many don't see Biden doing enough to help. A recent Wall Street Journal poll found only 37% approve of his handling of the economy. The 2023 NFL season kicks off with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Detroit Lions on Thursday. First Lady Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. The White House disclosed the news last night. President Biden has tested negative. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president will continue testing at regular intervals this week. As for the First Lady, a spokeswoman says she is experiencing only mild symptoms and will remain at the First Family's home in Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. The president returned to the White House last night. He's due to travel to a Group of 20 summit in India on Thursday. Life is getting back to normal in Florida after Hurricane Idalia. GOVERNOR RON DESANTIS SAID UTILITY COMPANIES HAVE MADE TREMENDOUS PROGRESS RESTORING POWER TO HOMES AND BUSINESSES.
4: SO
5: HERE WE ARE FIVE DAYS AFTER THE STORM HIT. THERE HAVE ALREADY BEEN 545,000 ACCOUNTS RESTORED. THAT REPRESENTS MORE THAN 96 PERCENT of all the accounts uh, that were affected since the storm hit, but this, uh, to be where we are now, this has probably been the fastest uh, restoration, even faster than we did during Hurricane Ian. DeSantis
0: says crews are working to restore power to the remaining 23,000 customers still without light. He said it still may take some time depending on the damage to power lines and other infrastructure. After the break, Chinese nationals, sometimes posing as tourists, are reportedly accessing military bases and other sensitive sites in the U.S. And police in Austin, Texas are asking residents to call 311 if robbed after a bank withdrawal. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. Tech billionaire and ex-owner Elon Musk threatening to sue the Anti-Defamation League. He accuses the organization of severely hurting X's ad revenue. Musk said the organization was actively trying to sabotage his social media platform and caused a drop in advertising revenue in both the US and Europe. He accused it of pressuring companies with claims that X has allowed anti-Semitic content to flourish. X countered those claims with a March report showing hate content has actually dropped. Musk says advertisers informed him of alleged pressure by the organization. He says it causes advertisers to pause their campaigns until the Anti-Defamation League approves. The Anti-Defamation League is a prominent organization with the mission of preventing the defamation of the Jewish people and advocating for justice and fair treatment for all. Musk posted that the organization would potentially be liable for destroying half the value of X and could owe X $22 billion. He also posted that they would at least be liable for $4 billion. The Anti Defamation League did not respond to requests for comment. Police in Austin, Texas are asking residents to call 311 if they're robbed at an ATM. It's because the city's police have limited resources and are understaffed. 311 is a number usually used for non emergency information requests. In a post on social media platform X, Austin police say to mention you were robbed coming from a bank in your 311 call. The post says to include the time and date of your money withdrawal. The move comes during a rise in crime in Austin. Fox News reports since 2020, auto thefts are up 77%. Aggravated assault has risen 18% and murders are up 30%. Austin's police association president told Fox News last month, the department should have around 2,000 officers, but there are currently less than 1,500. It seems America could be in the midst of a police officer shortage, and numerous towns and cities are disbanding police forces. Here with me live now is my friend and colleague NTD businesses Don Ma. Don, what are you seeing from your sources about the situation?
6: Yeah, Chris, a big factor that's causing this is and exodus from law enforcement actually. So officer res- resignations were almost up 50% last year compared to 2019. And retirements as well are up nearly 20%. Uh, and as well in, in the past two years, at least 12 small towns have dissolved their departments. Um, so all this is according to a survey of nearly 200 police agencies by the Police Executive Research Forum. Um, Agencies of all sizes are struggling to fill open positions. Um, Some bigger agencies are doing better, but the problem is especially dire in smaller communities that can't really match uh, the pay and incentives offered by bigger places, so that's just an overview. Why are these shortages happening? Right, so the executive director of the Police Executive Research Forum says that um, other than the exodus, of course, of veteran officers, uh, young people are actually increasingly unwilling to go through, go through the months of training necessary to become an officer. Um, so basically what you have is fewer people applying to be police officers and more officers are retiring or resigning. Um, so applications for full-time officer jobs plunged about around 70% between 2020 and 2022. And on, on top of all this, Chris, it doesn't help that there, there have been a lot of criticism of police officers after the death of George Floyd a few years ago. Uh, so from Minnesota to Maine, Ohio to Texas, uh, when small towns are unable to fill positions, they have really no choice, you know, but to eliminate their police departments and turn over police work to their county sheriff
0: or a neighboring town or state police. And what are some possible solutions to this shortage of officers, Don?
6: You know, one of the solutions perhaps is to uh, get more young people interested in this profession, Uh, you know, offering more internships perhaps to college students and providing creative incentives to, uh, to new hires. And maybe departments can also consider removing some roadblocks to this profession. And besides that, Chris, I'd like to add a point um, that this isn't just a problem for smaller places. Some, some reports are saying uh, places like New York, uh, police officers are retiring and resigning in record numbers. Um, and you've probably heard of the defund the police movement. Well, if this trend continues, you know, the question is, are we going to
0: see the defund movement just you know, naturally achieve its goal? We'll have to see. Thank you very much, Don. Thank you. Chinese nationals, sometimes posing as tourists, have reportedly accessed military bases and other sensitive sites in the U.S. up to a hundred times in recent years. They've been dubbed gate crashers because of their attempts to enter without authorization. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on what officers call potential espionage threats.
5: The Wall Street Journal, citing anonymous U.S. officials, reported that the FBI, Defense Department, and other agencies held a review last year to try to limit the incidents. Gate crashers ranged from Chinese nationals found crossing into a U.S. missile range in New Mexico to scuba divers swimming in murky waters near a U.S. government rocket launch site in Florida in the close to 100 incidents tracked. Officials say the tactics appear to be aimed at testing security protocols at U.S. military installations in other federal locations. The incidents that occur in rural areas with little tourism typically involved Chinese nationals who officials say are pressed into service and required to report back to the Chinese regime. Concerns over CCP espionage are high after a Chinese spy balloon crossed the U.S. before being shot down earlier this year. Representative Jason Crow, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, says Congress is considering legislation on the issue. That's over fears the growing number of gate crashers could go unnoticed or be understated, as most trespassing laws are at state and local levels, not federal. Officials familiar with the incident say many of the trespassers are only detained briefly, then escorted out of the U.S. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. The
0: massive manhunt continues in Pennsylvania for escaped murderer Danilo Cavalcante. Four sightings were reported since his escape last Thursday. Now police are using a unique tactic to get him. The escapee's mother recorded a message in Portuguese, his native language, urging him to surrender peacefully. It's being broadcast from police helicopters and vehicles in the area. Police think Cavalcante is hiding in a residential neighborhood near the prison. A doorbell camera recorded a picture of him over the weekend. Police at one point spotted him and gave chase, but lost him. The fugitive was convicted of murder for fatally stabbing his ex-girlfriend. He's also wanted in Brazil. The prison in Pennsylvania has declined to provide details about his escape. 23 people are injured after a car crashed into the wall of a restaurant. The accident happened yesterday at a Denny's in the Houston area. As you can see, the car was going fast enough to break through the wall and completely enter the building. It's not known exactly what led to the crash. Police say none of the injuries are life-threatening, but some are severe. The driver was not injured. In another accident, at least six people were injured when a pier suddenly collapsed in Madison, Wisconsin. Those who fell into the water swam ashore, and officials say no one else was trapped or drowned and a stunning rescue in California. A driver was found alive after spending five days at the bottom of a 100-foot cliff. He was trapped in his pickup truck about 60 miles south of Bakersfield. Four firefighters were lowered to the scene with a rope rescue system. Since the motorist was immobilized, they used a basket to raise the person to safety. The cause of the accident remains unknown. Coming up, food delivery services are banned from the upcoming G20 summit in India. Authorities are ramping up security measures. And what's behind the recent coups in Africa? Issues hit surprisingly close to home. Election integrity, censorship, a divided population. Find out more here on NTD News. Back to the news. No delivery services will be allowed in the upcoming G20 summit. Authorities are ramping up security measures in the Indian capital of New Delhi. All online deliveries of food, as well as from sites like Amazon, are being banned for the duration of the summit. Essential services, like medicine deliveries, will be allowed. The G20 summit takes place this coming weekend. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un may meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to discuss potential arms deals. US national security officials believe deeper ties between the two countries could pose a threat to Washington. NTD's Andrew Thomas reports.
3: Russia is showing interest in North Korea amid isolation over its war in Ukraine. Relations between the two countries haven't always been friendly, but the leaders may soon meet. North Korea expert Andrei Lankov explains the significance. It's remarkable that personally I would expect
1: that Kim Jong-un's first trip after the COVID isolation period, which lasted for three years, would be to China. However, it's
0: to
3: Russia, which is a big diplomatic success for Russia. North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un hopes to show the world that Russia is an important ally. But a show could be all it is. Kim jong un will try to get some kind of uh, economic assistance,
0: politically motivated economic assistance from Russia. He Maybe he will get some promises, but I'm I don't think he will get much of
3: real stuff. Russian defense Minister Sergei Shaigu visited North Korea on july twenty fifth for the seventieth anniversary of the end of the Korean War. The visit also included
1: talks with Kim. He wants to create an impression that he has Russian backing which is partially true, but he wants to seriously emphasize it.
3: He wants to get some military cooperation and assistance. Lankov says Russian President Vladimir Putin is looking to create trouble for the US, especially amid the Western support for Ukraine in what has become a war of attrition. It's basically about sending a signal to Washington that Russia is capable
1: of creating some additional trouble in uh, for the United States in East Asia.
3: Russia has also announced possible joint military exercises with North Korea. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: Another African coup, the eighth in three years. The military of the Gabon Republic seized control of the government last week amid a lack of transparency surrounding the recent election. Here to discuss is president of the International Strategic Studies Association, Gregory Copley. He explains the frequency of military takeovers in Africa. Gregory Copley, thank you so much for joining us.
7: Good to be with you.
0: Gregory, the Gabon Republic just underwent a military coup toppling the 50-year reign of the Bongo family. What led up to this?
7: Well, the, the reality is that uh, the current or the, uh, the most recent president, uh, Ali Bongo, was getting very lax in his uh, attempts to manipulate the election. I think he thought it was a given that he would get his third term. There would be no dispute, no opposition. And, of course, there was widespread opposition to it. uh, And there were uh, fairly legitimate complaints by the international community who saw no transparency in the uh, situation there. Uh, So uh, the answer to to that from the Bongo government was to close down all communications and Internet access in and out of the country. Uh, The opposition candidate... Uh, claimed uh, before before the election council uh, had made their decision, they he claimed that he had uh, sufficient votes to have won the election. Uh, he was immediately silenced, and the election commission then said that uh, that uh, Ali Bongo had won a third term in office. Now it was patently uh, unfair and and, and unrealistic. Uh, the public reacted accordingly.
0: And maybe you can just say a bit more, why are so many coups happening in Africa?
7: Well, as I say, because the the elected governments, or so-called elected governments, have been manipulating their situations. They've been uh, staying in office through false means, or gaining office through false means, uh, political manipulation, as I call them pseudo-coups. And uh, and the public's not happy with that. Uh, and then when when the economies suffer, Uh, and and, uh, the people are getting poorer and poorer, Uh, the the military is the only national instrument which can redress that situation, because the courts, by and large, uh, don't have the the power or the will uh, to intervene. Uh, And even if they do, uh, the governments tend to shut them down. So uh, the the real problem goes back to the reality that we're looking at states which were artificially created during the colonial era and then left to independence. Uh, and yet there is no grassroots national sentiment. So the military becomes the only vehicle, if you like, to, uh, to act as the safeguard of the constitutions.
0: You've also said that Western societies now face uh, similar dilemmas to African nations like we've been talking about. Um, how so?
7: Well, we're seeing that um, a, a lot of elections in the West uh, not just in the United States or North America or, or Europe and and Australasia and the like, but throughout the world, we're seeing uh, elections not being accepted by large sections of populations. Uh, so we're seeing that democracy is, is starting to represent the, the tyranny of the marginal majority over the marginal minority. Uh, we're not seeing any governments which uh, are attempting to uh, govern for the whole of the population. They tend to view those who who voted for the opposition as the enemy of of the government, and, and therefore, they're uh, they're punished, as we're seeing today in the United States, for example, uh, with a highly polarized situation. And and at some point, that is going to have to be addressed, because the prestige of the West, the prestige of, of the United States particularly, is suffering enormously in the world, because it's seen now to be a divided, polarized country that cannot if you like, uh, overcome its own domestic debates, uh, and therefore has lost prestige and influence in the world community. It's no longer seen as the shining city on the hill, which it once was.
0: Gregory Copley, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please feel free to email us at news.today at ntd.com. Coming up, Chinese electric cars make waves at Germany's International Car Show. Major European brands compete by bringing back retro designs. And Chinese cars are grabbing up market share in Russia. The exodus of Western companies has created a new opportunity for China's automakers. More after the break. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, here are some of today's top headlines. Former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro arrived in court today. He faces two misdemeanor counts of contempt of Congress after refusing to testify to the House January 6th committee. He pleaded not guilty. The Soros Foundation is concerned about a possible Trump victory in the 2024 election. Chair Alex Soros claims that Trump would compromise European unity and progress made in the Ukraine war. Elon Musk is blaming the Anti Defamation League for hurting ad sales at X. He's threatening to sue the nonprofit, accusing it of pressuring companies with claims that X has allowed anti Semitic content to flourish. Electric vehicles and retro designs are trending at the Munich Motor Show. As Europe pushes toward electrification, Chinese car makers are looking to get in on the action. We have more on the new ride.
3: Germany's international car show known as IAA is underway in Munich. The German Association of the Automotive Industry, known as VDA, organizes the event. Association president Hildegard Möller says creativity is the big theme.
6: We have uh, 300 world premiers here on the IAA Mobility, and it's really a show where we can show the power of innovations.
3: The Chinese car makers are making waves as well. Other major European brands will have to compete.
6: I mean, it's uh, obvious that every second electric car is sold in China, so uh, many people there have the need of cars
0: and it's a huge market.
3: Chinese car maker BYD is debuting its SEAL and new SEAL U models. The company hopes to break further into the European market. Car magazine editor James Atwood says some brands are going back to basics.
1: I think the most interesting trends um, that we've seen at the moment with the established car firms is that a lot of them are really sort of simplifying their design, but they're returning to some of their kind of key values.
3: BMW, MINI, Mercedes and Volkswagen all unveiled their new models or concepts before the IAA media day.
1: I think what's happening is that the shows are changing. Uh, Car firms these days they don't seem willing to come to a show anymore if they haven't really got something they want to show off or, or sort of push or advertise. They'll kind of go and do their own thing a little bit.
3: Atwood adds that car makers are trying to balance the old with the new, especially considering the growing popularity of EVs. BMW and Mini are some of the headliners.
1: The big launches here have included sort of BMW and the Mini that are both kind of really honed in on sort of retro design, but it's also very modern and very clean. Um, I think part of the reason for that is because we got this real ongoing push now where electric cars are becoming mainstream.
3: Germany's international car show runs from September 5th through the 8th in Munich.
1: The CEO of
0: semiconductor company Qualcomm says it will continue to expand automotive ventures as its smartphone revenue slumps
3: it's an expansion of a
0: partnership that we had with BMW we working for them for over a decade and uh, it's part of been moving towards this car that is becoming digital is evolving
3: to a software-defined vehicle we've been working together with them not only connecting the car to the cloud the digital cockpit experience but also it and autonomy
0: US company Qualcomm is the leading supplier of smartphone chips but the smartphone market has been in a slump over the past year but Qualcomm's automotive revenue increased 13% in the last quarter. The company says it will use its chips to power voice commands in BMW vehicles and will also use its chips in Mercedes E-Class models. At the Munich Auto Show, the company displayed its Snapdragon Digital Chassis product. It gives car companies powered, assisted, and autonomous driving infotainment systems and cloud connectivity. The company expects $4 billion in revenue from its automotive ventures by 2026 and $9 billion going into 2030. Chinese cars are grabbing market share in Russia after the departure of Western brands. Large container vessels are shipping tens of thousands of cars made in China to Russia. Chinese cars now account for half of Russia's import market.
8: Chinese cars dominated a recent car show in Moscow. Visitors were very positive about the quality of the Chinese vehicles on display.
0: I'm a little bit surprised by what I've seen here. I think that very soon the Chinese cars will surpass even the European ones. Be it electronics or transmission, interior design, everything is remarkable.
8: With sleek four-door SUVs and EVs models, Chinese car makers are seizing market share in Russia. They are capitalizing on the departure of American, European, Japanese and South Korean players that used to dominate the market before the invasion of Ukraine. A car dealership owner compared cars made by European companies with the Chinese cars.
1: Personally, I drive a BMW X6 G-Series, the latest one, but this car is not worse, I think. I do not understand the multimedia system as it is in Chinese but the feeling of the finishing
0: materials is very positive."
8: Data shows imported Chinese cars now account for nearly half of Russia's market, compared with just seven percent two years
1: ago. "...Some ten years ago we saw Chinese mobile phones break into foreign markets. We are standing at the same historic crossroads now. We see the Chinese cars, electric vehicles, on sale overseas.
8: And it's a lucrative business. Official figures from China showed in the first half of this year, Chinese car makers' exports of passenger cars to Russia has increased by over six times year on year, with a value reaching nearly £4 billion.
0: Beijing scrambling to bail out its indebted housing sector. Authorities rolled out measures like lowering mortgage rates for first-time buyers, but are they enough to tempt residents? Let's hear from them.
8: Fears about the economic slowdown are stopping Shanghai residents from buying property. For now, I wouldn't want to buy a house, to be honest. No matter what policies come out, it won't reach the point where ordinary people would want to buy a house.
5: Policy easing is pretty crucial.
8: John Lam, head of China and Hong Kong property at UBS Investment Bank Research, expects more easing measures to be announced soon. But he still believes property transactions will fall by about 15% in the second half of the year.
5: If the sales continue to decline or do not have material impact uh, from the policy easing, then we may continue to see the price decline
2: here.
8: Leading developer Country Garden is scrambling to avoid default, and fears of contagion to other property firms are mounting. There are concerns developers may struggle to complete projects. It's not just the cost of borrowing putting buyers off. White-collar workers are taking pay cuts, and unemployment is high.
0: A breach in the Great Wall of China. Chinese state media says two people caused the damage while trying to create a shortcut with an excavator. The gap was spotted last month on a section of the Great Wall in central Shanxi province. Police arrested a 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman. The area is one of the surviving complete sections of wall and watchtowers. It's listed as a provincial cultural relic site with a history dating back to the 14th to 17th centuries. Coming up, Venice may not be a free city for tourists anymore. Officials are planning to charge a 5 euro entrance fee. Who will be affected? And a wildlife reserve in Kazakhstan hopes to revive a wild tiger population. The first step? Reintroduce their prey, a curious donkey-like creature. More soon here on NTD News. Thanks for staying with us. A German man has been detained in Italy for allegedly damaging a 16th century statue. The entire incident in Florence today was caught on security footage. The statue features sea god Neptune atop a shell-shaped carriage being pulled by horses. The 22-year-old man is accused of scaling a barrier to stand on the hoof of one of the horses. Florence police say he broke off a piece of red marble attached to Neptune's carriage while posing for photos. The city says the man caused about $5,300 in damage. Over to Venice, touring this floating city may no longer be free. City Council plans to trial a five euro entrance fee for day trippers starting next year. That's to manage the flows of tourists drawn to its historic canals. The charges are planned for peak times like spring bank holidays and summer weekends. All visitors over the age of 14 would have to pay. The plan is expected to gain approval next week. Tigers once roamed freely through the vast open lands of southeastern Kazakhstan. Now a donkey-like creature could help restore the big cats to their former habitat. Let's take a look at the apex predator and its prey.
3: Tigers like this once roamed large areas of Central Asia. Now these kulins are part of a project that hopes to reintroduce the big cats to Kazakhstan. The donkey-like animals are settling in on this
2: wildlife reserve. Our operational groups have special equipment, Niva cars, SUVs for raids, firefighting equipment, batteries. We have forest fire protection service. Such services are currently working for us.
3: According to the World Wildlife Fund, Global wild tiger populations have declined by about 95% in the past century. Once 100,000 strong, the big cat's numbers have dwindled to as few as 4,500. The Caspian tiger used to range from Turkey all the way to Western China. The species went extinct in the second half of the 20th century. But Central Asian tigers are almost genetically identical to tigers in the Russian Far East. So the nature reserve started a program to bring Siberian tigers into the area. The plan is to create an ecosystem
2: suitable for the tiger's habitat and diet. Uggara or Tugai deer once lived here. Now the reintroduction of these animals is being carried out. The first five animals were brought from Saram Ugan Park. Now there are over 200 deer in the reserve.
3: Conservationists hope that in 50 to 100 years, more than 100 tigers may roam in Kazakhstan once again.
0: In the mountains of Serbia, a herd of wild horses are roaming free. They survive with just a little help from local farmers.
1: They were bought here half a century ago, every year when it started. They were spending summers and winters there. Someone would bring them, and they fold here, enduring multiplying, and it went on for years. We come sometimes once per week, 15 days, sometimes monthly, it depends. It's not that we bring them food, but a bit of corn or hay. We come to water them. When it is tough for water, they must be watered.
0: These wild horses would sometimes escape stables when people tried to bring them back to the valley. With plenty of good grass and open spaces, the animals are healthy and mainly die from predators and old age. As kids head back to school, here's a reminder that reading can benefit everyone. Tomorrow is National Read a Book Day. Every September 6th, Americans are invited to turn the pages of their favorites or pick up something new. Numerous studies demonstrate the mental benefits of reading, which include boosting a person's memory and concentration. Older readers also seem to show a slower cognitive decline compared to those who don't read as much. Those who participate are encouraged to spread the word on social media by using the hashtag ReadAbookDay. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Chris Beers.